Hello and welcome to Anime Ichiban. It's our anime podcast on Goomba Stomp and it's fabulous and sexy and amazing. And of course, as always, it's going to be a great episode. I'm drawn by Kyle and Matt. How are you guys doing? Matt, what is news in the land of Matt? How are you? Howdy there, y'all. It's Matthew Pontier. <laughs> Thank you for asking, Harry. It's been good. It's been a while since we recorded. A lot's happened since then. Uh, primarily, one was Anime Boston. I went to AnimeCon. Uh, it's our local Boston one. It's the biggest convention in the Northeastern United States. And it's tons of fun. I love it every year. It's also one of the few times in the year, usually the only time now, that I get to see the guys at Manga Gamer and meet up with them and hang out with them. So that's always fun. Uh, beyond that, work has been interesting in that the manager I directly reported to at my company has left after giving proper notice. Um, but mm-hmm. still, now we're going through this weird transitional phase of kind of uh, handing off responsibilities and filling in the gaps until we work things out. What's really funny is that the same time she left, a new person was coming on board at like an equal position of sorts, but like it's different expertise. But still, he's kind of like filling in as my uh, manager for the time being. It's a lot of weirdness and floating around, but we'll get through it. It's still it's natural in any business for people to come and go. So. She had a better opportunity. She took it. But hey. Yeah. And beyond that, uh, what have I been playing? I started up Watch Dogs 2 recently, actually, really randomly, because Ooh. it we're in this sort of lull of game releases until uh, June and July, where we got like Mario Maker 2, Astral Chain, Fire Emblem, like everything's coming out in the summer, weirdly enough. So I took the opportunity to go through my backlog. And Wait, Three Houses is releasing this year? July 26th. Oh my God, that's right. It's Kyle. been so long since there were any updates. So so I'm the kind of person that like doesn't like to follow up with upcoming releases just because I don't want to like put myself in that low-key constrained agony. Mm-hmm. So I'm pleasantly surprised when I remember, oh my God, Fire Emblem is coming out in July. Yeah, it's that's amazing. It's soon and we're probably going to get a blowout of it at E3. Uh, but yeah, there's so a, there's I started a lot of good stuff coming out. There's like a whole bevy of games this summer that's just going to be really exciting. Yeah, which is weird because summer has always been the drought of games. Usually, that's when games usually don't come out. So it's well, we've kind of had a drought for the past few months. There haven't really been any. Big yeah, exactly. Releases. It's interesting. Except Mortal Kombat though, which is yeah, we had awesome. Mortal Kombat 11. That one, and we had, that one kind of got a little mixed on release. Right, it got mixed because yeah. of the <laughs> heavy microtransactions and the grind. But I, the gameplay itself is solid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I reviewed it for the site and mm-hmm. I absolutely, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. It's one of my favorite franchises. I adore mm-hmm. the core gameplay, but there are a lot of practices that I'm really not comfortable with. Like, mm-hmm. even like, so there's, everyone's talking about like the microtransactions, but so far, nothing that's microtransaction based has actually been introduced. The issue is just that it takes so absurdly long to unlock stuff. Right. So it isn't even like microtransaction based. You can't like just go and buy coins or buy currency necessarily. Oh, I thought there was you a way to gotta, buy that. Okay, no, you just got to grind. Like, there was, there was obviously like some worries that they might start to patch in microtransactions and introduce it eventually. As of right now, that isn't in there. It's more so that it just takes ages. There's just so much stuff to unlock and it takes Do so many Do 100 fatalities to open this singular chest. 
Yeah. So yeah, is there like, yeah, is it like a cheap base is, or is there currency? Is it, right it, it would just be like, um, okay, so like in the crypt, for example, if you, like, if you do a fatality, you get like three hearts. And if you do like, if you use 250 hearts, you can buy like one specific chest in the crypt. And there's about maybe like 10 to 15 of those chests. And that chest and, is randomized. You don't know and what's And you just it. get a few cosmetic bits. It is, oh, that, it's just, that kind of hurt to listen there's to. Like, what, oh, there's like thousands of cosmetic items for the characters. Oh. And like each chest will get you just like That's really, that's that's actually kind of offensive. It's, it's, yeah. it's the sort of thing where realistically, <laughs> if you wanted to play through and grind and unlock everything, it would probably take you a few years. Oh my God, that's... It's, okay, so like in direct contrast to that... um. I, I have been playing Mordhau, which I don't know if either of you guys have seen stuff about. I've seen you pop um, up on my Steam playing it. <laughs> yeah, so Mordhau is, if you ever heard of Chivalry, it's a first-person medieval melee fighting game. And the cool thing about it is that you do get to customize your characters, but like the rate at which you unlock it is like, I, I'm basically getting like four upwards of like five to ten new items a day just from like playing a few hours. Mm. Um, so and that gives you motivation like, to keep playing, and it gives me motivation to keep playing. And it's not like like what are the the time delays between when you unlock those cosmetics in Mortal Kombat? Uh, like it just, well, okay, so like I played, um, I was playing like, against my dad because he's a big Mortal Kombat fan, and like I've really mm-hmm. played a, a few hours this week just on it, like a few hours of repeated versus games, um, and I think I saved up about like fifty thousand coins. And then I went into the crypt and bought two chests that were worth 25,000 each. And in each chest, I just got like a few unlockables, nothing much. One of them is just like augments, which are things that buff your character, which I don't even like using. So I just sold them. And it, it was just like, oh, uh, I've just, so I've just spent all that. So you can't to, even choose what you're getting. No, 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 no like, there's with- no choice. But, but also even then, like, even if you worked and you unlocked everything, the actual incentive of using that stuff is really weak because you can then make your own cosmetic variations of each character. But it's like, I don't really care. Like, oh, I would care if it was easy to unlock. But because it takes so mm-hmm. long, you work so hard to get it. and the, the There's like is, no motivation to yeah, continue using it. It would be like playing, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I don't know, uh, fucking Grand Theft Auto and you grind on it for like uh, months and months and months. And in the end, it's like you unlock a gun or something. It's like, okay, cool. But I don't really care that much. Like it's such a small incentive. Yeah. So what I'm curious to hear about from you guys is just to bring it a little more on the anime side. I've also been, I've finally restarted uh, Persona 5. So I am now on my second run through. Yes. I never got around to doing my second uh, run through. I love Persona 5 so much. <laughs> because I made a mistake and uh, went with Futaba uh the first time around so i'm correcting that with kawakami so that'll be fun but um more relevant to that was how with most jrpgs uh, persona you know in particular here uh they offer like those costume packs that you pay like five bucks for and there's like 500 of them mm-hmm. um the Tales series is really notorious for right that. they have like a thousand different like individual cosmetic items that like you can pay money for it if you want it, yep. but if you're just playing the game, fuck you. Yeah, and it's especially unfortunate for the Tales series because up until, I believe, Tales of Grace F, so everything before that, so Tales of Vesperia was the last one, costumes were entirely unlockable in-game. Mm-hmm. And with Tales mm-hmm. of Grace F is when they started selling them as DLC. And it's a super bummer. I don't like it. 
But, but at the same time, in the but, current gaming environment where like the returns on a game are getting so much lower now because yeah. prices are the same and the development is getting so much more expensive. Selling cosmetics is such a quick and easy way to make a few extra bucks. And it's relatively unoffensive to most players, especially in a JRPG. Yeah, um, yeah. So I get that in a JRPG, right? Yeah. Where it's like versus a fighting game where it's like, okay, these are like my personal characters that I like show off online. Yeah, and those are the pri- primary unlockables. And I know that's why Dead or Alive 6 had gotten slammed. Oh god, yeah, yeah, I forgot that we got the ninety. Oh my god. We got the ninety dollar season pass, which no season pass yeah, should even come honest. close to costing the same <laughs> amount of money as a base game, let alone more. <laughs> I I obviously don't like that so much shit is paid now, like external to the actual game price. But if a game is extremely robust and complete as is, I'm pretty forgiving. So Persona 5, for example, at its core, you <laughs> yeah, buy the yeah. base game, it's fucking amazing. You're going to get 90 to 100 hours of entertainment at least. Right. So you're getting so much value for money. So then even if I like, yeah, pay an extra $30 or whatever on top of that to get all the costumes, it's like, ah, that is quite expensive. But then you can also think, well, I could, just wait, I could wait for it to come up in sale for like $10 or something and, and get it all for cheaper. And it doesn't really matter because... I've got Persona 5. That's fucking awesome. I don't really care right. about the external stuff. What annoys me is like the kind of um, EA sort of practices where it'll be like, right. uh, or the worst one I saw was a Metal Gear Survive where you have to pay money for an extra save file. That's the <laughs> worst one I saw where it was it's just like, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. they made you pay for extra save files. And so I completely avoided all like coverage of Survive because I knew I didn't care about this it. This is all. something I saw. I don't know if they changed it or if they patched it out or whatever. But I did see, uh, ages ago when it released, oh. you'd have one save file, but if you wanted an, uh, an extra one, you have to pay for it. And I know like that's obviously not EA, but it's an EA-esque practice, isn't it? And I just think like, just, that's the kind of stuff I hate. Microtransactions are dumb, just give me the game. Yeah. Or, or, right. or like, yeah. I, I also hate like if a game comes out and there's a, like it's like going to EA um, with The Sims, for example, there's a lot of stuff that you'd think would be in the game, but they'll be like, no, these are all extra content packs, but it's like, that would mean the actual base game is quite paper thin and to actually stock it up with the content that should just be in the base game, you have to right. play like more and more and more. It would be kind of like if you get Persona and you can play up to the end of the second palace and then you have to pay like $20 for every extra palace. I dare, I dare the first GRPG developer to do that. So yeah, lots of gaming stuff. Uh, and oh yeah, I was going to ask as well, Kyle, how, how have you been in your personal life? How have you been doing? Video games. That's how I've been doing. That's what you've been no, doing. I've been doing good. good. Talk. Uh, no, um, good I've been doing good. Um, yeah, like I guess, uh, like you guys, it, life has been pretty busy on my end. Um, a lot of different things changing. A lot of different things happening. Two two big things happened, which are both really cool. Um, that I'm kind of excited. No, pretty excited for. Is uh, I started up work. Uh, I joined a in indie development team for uh, PR and marketing stuff. It is nice. I'm, I'm going to shill I'm going to shill it here because it's a <laughs> cool game. Uh, it is called Stone Story RPG and it is an ASCII animated uh, RPG. And it's cool. You should check it out. Ooh. Write it down. Um, write it down. It's cool, very cool. Um, it will be coming out later this summer. Also later this summer I will finally after 20 plus years of like dreaming and waiting about it. I will be traveling to Japan. Yes. That's right. You're really excited about that workplace. Yeah. 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 And yeah, this happened like after the last time we recorded. So yeah, I, I'm leaving like 
the first week of August, and I'm going to be spending two weeks in and around the Tokyo area. I have some, a couple of friends that are in Japan right now, and they're constantly sell- sending me pictures. And I'm not <laughs> jealous because I've already been there twice. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I am pleasant. I'm living vicariously through them. I'm, I'm having uh, a good time. Yeah. When was the last time you went? Uh, so I studied abroad there in my senior year of college. So that was four and a half years ago now. Fairly recent-ish. Yeah. yeah. Damn. That, but wow. It's been a long time since I graduated. That's weird. Yeah. Dude. Oh my God, dude. I was thinking about that too. Cause well, cause we graduated. Are you 2015? Yeah. 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 So we, we, we were like the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My roommate and I, uh, he was a friend from high school. We were thinking about that. It's like, yeah, it's going to be our 10 year high school reunion soon. <laughs> it's like, Oh, um, we're not old men yet, but we're closer than we've ever been. Yeah. Meanwhile, Harry, who's older than both of us. I keep forgetting. Wait, is Harry older than I'm older? Harry, I'm, 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 I don't think I, I'm 24. Oh, I, I don't think I'm older than Oh, never no, mind. He's younger. He's like, I thought you were younger than me. <laughs> no, I'm, no. I'm younger than you both. I no. How, how, no. How old are you both? 26. Stop it, Harry. The adults are talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 24. I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, uh, I've, I've obviously never been to Japan. I'd love to go, but I have no money. So, uh, yeah, have fun. I hope you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's as I've been going through loads of changes and loads of shit's been happening. Things will give it time. It'll work things, will, things will come around. Everything, Everything in balance. I've been uh, dividing my gaming time between Dark Souls 3 and A Hat in Time, which have a polar opposite games. Oh, <laughs> nice! I am very happy that you're playing Hat in Time. That's yes. one of my favorite I, game releases of the past few years. It is very fun. I've not played it too much. I've, I've only done like the first, I think, two worlds or something. I've, I've only played mm-hmm. a bit. But uh, it's very fun. I do like it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just keeping, uh, busy where I can and, uh, watching anime where I can and looking forward to this podcast. So yeah, let, let's, uh, crack into it. So the very first mm-hmm. thing we're going to discuss is Matt, your news roundup. Yes, indeedy. And I'm looking forward to this one. So every time I go through and pick out these news topics for this segment, it's always starts off kind of slow, like, man, these aren't really good topics. And then I'll go through and it's like, okay, this is okay. This is pretty good. It started off that way, but then I got to some like, oh, this is really good. This is really good. This is really good. So yeah, we're going to just open up a few episodes ago. I don't know how we got on the topic, but we started talking about the opening ceremony for the Tokyo 2020 Olympic games. Yeah. So yeah. I think we were talking about like, anime culture as perceived by like other people that's right yeah yeah, and that's how it came up and so we were coming up with all of these crazy ass ideas of what they could do at the tokyo olympic opening ceremony and i thought we were getting too crazy obviously we weren't getting crazy enough no no wait (laughs) what's happening with the olympics okay so as announced at this past wednesday hot off the press three days ago so the japan aerospace exploration agency or jaxa for short has announced that they will be working with the University of Tokyo to launch Gundam plastic models into space for the 2020 opening ceremony. That is quite cool. Literally, they are making a mini rocket, loading them with a G satellite, uh, with a Gundam, it just says Gundam, and Charizaku, like the miniature uh, plastic figures, with special paint that makes them resistant to the uh, extremities of space, launching them up there, jettisoning them up, them out, and then the satellite has cameras on it that will record it and send that image back to space. The Gundam's, um, the Gundam's eyes will cycle between the five Olympic colors, 
It also has a special greeting near the base of its foot. And yeah. That's, that's not even happening. funny. That's just straight impressive. That, yeah. is, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's actually amazing. It just shows so, how I genuinely think if Japan embraces this, it will showcase how much more interesting <laughs> their culture is than every other country. Because, because, genuinely, like, like most countries around the world just have fucking boring cultures, including England. Like, like it's fucking <laughs> boring. Like most countries, it will just be, oh, look at tribal drumming from years ago we did. And, you know, you go to England, it was like, look at a few fucking overrated musicians and some shitty franchises, and that's it, in, in the London Olympic opening thing. And with Japan, it's like, look at all this amazing pop culture that's legitimately great, but we can explore. Like, we, we have an excuse to send fucking robots into space, and it ties mm-hmm. into our pop culture perfectly. Step up your game. That's, yeah. that's good. Like, we can't do that. Like, America can't do that. You've UK got, you've got, it, the, the UK has wizards, and James I Bond. I guess. And James Bond. <laughs> we've we've got a fucking royal family, but we're too <laughs> I fucking hate the royal family. <laughs> like every time there's a fucking Would you say royal I'm I'm baby. curious, Harry, would you say that is a popular sentiment? Um there's in the UK. I think there are people who like the royal family, but they're idiots. Um and then there's also oh. some people who well, there's a lot of people who hate the royal family. And like I view them as like the Kardashians. They are just a worthless stain on society that achieve oh, nothing. No. Um, well, good thing you can't get executed for saying that anymore. Yeah, that's, that's it. We have free speech. So quite frustrating living here. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Japan. Meanwhile, in Japan, they're sending robots to yep. space. Yep. That's so much more <laughs> fucking so, cool. That's amazing. And that is, that is part of an initiative to invigorate the Tokyo 2020 Games. It's called One Team Project. It's in cooperation with leading Japanese creators and innovators. And uh, cool. so the, the satellite is scheduled to arrive at JAXA, be completed at JAXA in December, at which point there will be a press conference and there'll be more details about this launch. It's going to be really fucking I cool. I am now actually planning on watching that opening ceremony. I usually don't <laughs> make a point of like, yeah, like I'll, I'll check the Olympics now and then and like I'll you know watch a few clips here and there. But mm-hmm. no, that sounds... I, yeah, I got to tune in for yeah, that. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the one thing we know Wait, right now. More. Like, oh, there's oh, going to be oh, more. I yeah, I see. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, one thing that's not necessarily exciting, but puzzling. So we all know what manga is, correct? Yes. We, we know that yes. manga is a, a media where you draw pictures with pencils and ink Japanese comic books yes yes exactly Japanese comic books so interesting little news story where the primary type of ink that is the most popular ink in Japan for mangaka to use a mangaka being manga artist is being discontinued Mm. and so basically this this type of uh, ink that's sold by a company called Dr. P.H. Martin is going to be discontinued after December 31st of this year. So basically the end of this year, after which it will not be sold anymore. And so artists in Japan are scrambling to buy up whatever remaining stock they have. And the reason they give the company uh, is that the price for this ink is going to be going up and they don't think they can justify that price to their customers. So instead of overcharging, they'd rather take it off the shelf entirely, which is interesting considering... If it really is that popular and the manga artists are that hungry for it, 
like how much of how much of a drastic increase in price would that have to be yeah. for them to justify pulling it off of the market entirely? I mean, so okay, so they're they're like proposed like motivation for doing this, right? Is that like okay, if we kept selling this, and in order for us to stay alive as a business, we are going to be creating serious problems for artists out there financially. Like, right, it, it has to be like that bad. Yeah, exactly. Which makes I don't know what ink is made of exactly. So what material is in such shortage that would create such a hike? But again, mm-hmm. like. I can't wrap my head around what would hike that price up that much in such a short amount of time. Relatively, I mean, hopefully there 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 are alternatives, right? Right. Like, it's not like the manga business is just going to like be on hold for a bit, right? Exactly. Like, they'll they'll definitely find alternatives of some sort. And again, I have no expert in how manga is drawn, so I can't say how simple or easy that is. Or perhaps like another competitor will come and develop their own ink and Mm. sell that specifically to fill in this uh, hole in the market. We'll see. Maybe people will start uh, using their own bodily fluids. <laughs> that's be, an option. Yes. Look that's when it gets the, really bad. The next Dragon Ball chapter. It's free. Draw Akira uh, mm, mm, semen. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Magikar are uh, not really objecting to it, but kind of giving a send-off to the ink by like posting all their works that have uh, been drawn okay. and inked using it. and. A nice little thing. Interestingly enough, this isn't the first time a primary supply has been pulled off the market. Uh, so animators like an- in the anime industry, they found themselves in a similar situation when Mitsubishi Pencil announced it would no longer produce colored pencils favored by the animation industry. Cartoonists flocked to art supply stores to buy up the remaining orange, blue, and yellow-green pencils used to draw cells. So it's it's odd. They've obviously yeah. moved on. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, you know, it, it's, I guess it's become like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I doubt like a year from now, so half a year after these this ink has been pulled off the market, I don't think we'll see like, oh man, manga is so crap right now. The art is terrible. Like, <laughs> no, especially what I think a lot of manga caught draw digitally as well. I don't. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm also, not going to say like, that actually. I don't know the hard numbers. I, mean, I, I don't think many that. people are going to be able to tell, oh, this is a different ink. I mean, it's it mm-hmm. surely like. What's going to be more evident is like drawing style and artistic prowess as opposed right. to the ink used. I don't know. That's still know. interesting. I don't that, like, know that's, about ink, I guess so. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm just guessing. That, that's just like newsworthy. newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's cool and it's neat, but it's like, huh, that's just not something you'd really think about. I guess. Right. Exactly. And that's what I look for about these new segments sometimes. <laughs> like, I wouldn't think about that. I consume this medium, but I never think about the yeah. ink it's made or stuff like that. And so, yeah, what's next? (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, something that's not drawn with ink because it's anime. Yeah, that's just pencils. So, the director of Ghost in the Shell, the original Ghost in the Shell uh, series, has announced a new anime series for 2020. Uh, We don't know a whole lot about this. What's really (laughs) bizarre Uh, about this announcement? Uh, I just I just hope Hollywood can do a live action adaptation of it. <laughs> right. Maybe this is a uh a answer to that. Oh. But that he doesn't say anything like that. But the interesting about thing about this announcement is that it came from a company called Ichigo. Ichigo is not an anime studio. Ichigo is a Japanese real estate company and clean energy producer. What? Hmm. It, 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 is that the same company? 
like, are, like, is this just like an animation company that just sprang up? That's like, oh, hey, we okay. Take, I mean, you can't just take their name, yeah. right? So, it's, so with that said, I'll expand a little bit. So, Ichigo established Ichigo Animation as a subsidiary uh, uh, last month on April fourth, uh-huh. and so this this new studio is going to be producing. Uh, the director's name is Mamoru Oishi. Oishi. Mamoru Oishi. Sorry. And so they're going to be exclusively producing this new project of his. And it's going to, it's their initiative to get themselves off the ground, essentially. Mm-hmm. So what, oh, how a real estate and clean energy producer decides, you know what? Let's make whatever, yeah. whatever comes out of this, whatever information gets revealed about this, it will no doubt be interesting. And like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool though, if it was just like fucking phenomenally made? Just like right. incredibly animated. Like, how much of a shock would that be? That'd be exciting. Yeah, I, we'll see. Because I, I've only seen uh, parts of Ghost in the Shell. I haven't seen all of it. I have not seen Oshi's other works, such as um, Jinro, Blood, The Last Vampire, and The Sky Crawlers. So I can't really speak to those. I know Jinro is very, very well received, though. It's kind yeah. of like a cult classic. Interesting. So, so what, what's actually pretty cool about that, and what I kind of hope they're going for, is more of like the grungy sci-fi that was really popular in the late '90s, early 2000s. Because mm-hmm. um, we haven't really seen stuff like that recently, um, where shows like Cowboy Bebop uh, were like set in this grimy, like vision of the future. Ghost in the Shell, Jinro, um, Akira, all right, of those yeah. like pretty not dystopian but more on the cyberpunk like critical look at society right kind of even sci-fi the, from anime yeah even the recent uh gundam uh iron-blooded orphans was it was it was going for IBO, was a, feel, IBO but, was a shonen yeah it was a shonen and it was still kind of sterile and clean in a yeah. way yeah uh, it, it it dealt with dark subject matter but the world itself it was still mm-hmm. kind of it had a bright outlook in a weird way i can't really describe yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. neat. So yeah, we know nothing about this project whatsoever. Just, just that it's being directed by Oshi, and it's being produced by a real estate company. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> let's watch this but, space. See what happens. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll be it interesting is, to see this develop. Hit us with some more news, big boy. Mm-hmm. And so next on the docking list is uh, Calafina. Are either of you familiar with the group called Calafina? Nah, Calafina. <laughs> No. Are both of you familiar with uh, Madoka? Yes. Uh, the anime series. Oh, yes. Magica, Madoka Magica. Madoka Magica, yeah, yeah. Yes. Are you familiar with the ending song for that, Magia? Uh, Do I, you remember that ending song? I would remember if I heard it again now, but I can't remember. <laughs> Keep, like keep, my, keep singing. <laughs> I need to know. Yes. Keep going. You, you call it singing? You call it singing? Keep, keep, I, I'm, I'm was, flattered. That was close, but I need... <laughs> no, I can't remember, okay. but I, I like your All right, so, so anyways, Calafina in that case, they were a very, very prominent group uh, for oh, a long one. time. Oh, this one. I just heard it. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yes, no, I, I know this one. Okay. Yeah, they, they were established back in 2007, and they've done many, many famous uh, anime openings and endings. They got started with the, all the theme songs for the Garden of Center films, I don't know if you guys watched that. If you haven't, they're phenomenal. Uh, then they did the ending for uh, Madoka. They did many of uh, Fate's Day Night openings and endings as well. Uh, they are heavily, heavily, well, not even heavily associated. They are run by, they were, okay, I need to switch the past tense, <laughs> sorry. They were run by Yuki Kajiyota, 
who is a very prominent uh, uh, music comp- composer for anime as well. So she's done things such as the Madoka soundtrack, such as many of the Fate soundtracks. She's doing the soundtrack for the current uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba anime. She's very well known for these kind of like tribal sounding tracks mm-hmm. and very core, lots of use of chorus and things like that. And so Califina, much of the shock of uh, many people who are fans of them, they disbanded recently last year. Um, or was it last year? Sorry. Uh, yeah, last year. And it was very sudden and there wasn't a whole lot of exactly what. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It wasn't last year. They officially disbanded this past March. I need oh, to get okay. my facts straight before. Yeah. It was, so it this was recently. Yeah, it, it was, was recent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Um, They've recently, the members themselves recently expressed that they want to come back together. And the reason for the disbandment was more on the managerial side. And this story is like straight out of a drama or anime, anime drama, I feel like, like an idol show drama. (laughs) So (laughs) one of the men involved in California's management referred to in this article as Mr. M. And this this article is published in the weekly Bunshin Digital. Uh, This Mr. M had... Kajiyota Sensei's respect, so the composer that wrote all of Califina's songs. He tried to object to the producer of this company's actions, who was kind of trying to phase out Kajiyota as the composer because he was showing favoritism to a new new person. And that turned him against him. They got fired. Then uh, Kajiyota wasn't getting along with the new manager and they had no understanding with each other. So Kajiura eventually became fed up and left. With Kajiura, there's no sort of Calafina because she was the one that was really pushing the group forward and composing all the songs. And so eventually the Calafina members left one by one. They were a group of three. Eventually one was left and she announced her solo career. And it's just kind of been weird since then. And now they've expressed this desire to get back together if uh, Kajiura is willing to come back and work with them because they really enjoyed working with her. Mm. And so this is the first time we've kind of seen this uh, news come out in that it seemed like the members had had a falling out and that was assumed to be the reason, but people are excited that they could potentially be coming back together. Because another... uh, It wasn't that at all, yeah. Right. And what's interesting is, again, the show this season, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba... So Kalafina and Yuki Kajira are like synonymous with doing soundtracks and openings and endings for any UFO table shows like Kimetsu no Yaiba this season, Fate Zero, and so on and so forth. And so Yuki Kajira is still doing the music, but the opening and ending is has a song composed by her, but sung by someone else. I forget the name exactly. And so a lot of fans of Kalafina are very kind of off-put by that. It's very strange to them. And so, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that, since neither of you are familiar with the group, that they they were a very, very prominent group in the anime music industry. Mm. And it's promising to see them potentially be coming back together. Yeah. I hope everyone can be Not going to lie. Yeah. I had no idea who the who they like specifically were before mm-hmm. you like discussed all of that. Mm-hmm. But that that was a wild ride through the. Japanese music industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, if, if you go and listen to any of their songs, they have a very, very distinct sound. You can rec- mm-hmm. you can recognize a song by them immediately. Uh, I highly recommend it uh, to anyone mm-hmm. listening right now. Ooh. And so, yeah, that's that. Uh, I'll tell you what. Those I'll are tell the- you what, I, I know what we'll do. We will. Uh, mm-hmm. We always have intro and outro music in our podcast. Uh, ah, yeah. We'll put one of the songs in. Yeah. 
you, there you, you go. Yeah, put, yeah. You put the music in, Matt, usually. So yeah, like put one of their songs mm-hmm. in now. Yeah. So you don't, that, you don't even have to go, that you don't puts, even have to go looking for a song. If you forget and you don't put one of the songs in, this bit in the podcast will make no sense and it'll be really jarring and strange. So you've got to remember now. <laughs> but then we'll, we can get comments then. We get angry comments about people. That's true. Pe- yeah. And, don't, but angry don't, comments are better than no comments. Don't, we get put, comments it in, for don't put it in. Bad <laughs> press is still good press. <laughs> um, yeah, as evidenced by this whole deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, any more news? Any more factoids? Right. And so that's it for the uh, kind of big big hitters. I have a little bit of other smaller ones, but I won't go over those. So we'll finish up with our our usual rank the Blu-rays. Except I'm not even sure if I'm going to ask you guys this time because it's the middle of the season. But what's uh, come out? Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. We're in the middle of a season right now. Yeah. And so nothing's really come out. It's all old. And so <laughs> I don't think you're going to guess. Well, judging by the trend of previous lists that we've gone over, you might be able to get one of them. So skipping to number three. Can you guys think it's been on the it's been on the list the past two times we've done this? Uh, as in like a really popular Blu-ray in sales in Japan currently. Yeah, anime Blu-ray. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. fucking dumb. Uh, yeah. Kyle, you're more it's likely so- to know. What is uh, it? I forget what we talked about last time or what series we mentioned <laughs> last time. Hit us. So it's Zombieland Saga. Oh, oh my God, still. Yeah, yeah still okay. hanging around at the number three slot. I didn't slot. even like yeah. think about that. Mm-hmm. And I but. should mention that this is rankings for the week of May 6th through the 12th. So this wow. is the most uh, recent ranking we have. That's yeah. interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. I really wish they'd release stuff over here because I buy it. I, Literally, there's, I, there's right? nothing. Like, I don't know what I hate. Like, in the UK, there's just fuck all. Like, you'll get a few anime Oh, God, yeah. Like, what, I what I really hate is that there's so many anime shows that, like, it's just not possible to watch from in the UK. But furthermore, it's not possible to buy them. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like, mm-hmm. if you use, like, say you're going on Crunchyroll and use, like, a VPN. I've spoken about this before. But, like, they'll block the VPN. And it's like, I, I want to pay for stuff, but there's literally no way of me getting this right now. Right. Like, I, I'm here hey, with my wallet in hand. I will buy a Blu-ray. I'll buy a DVD. I'll buy a subscription to see the show. I don't care. Just give me something. Otherwise, I'll pirate it, which is, like, completely mm-hmm. fine if if you're giving all of the options. So it's pretty annoying. But, yeah, I want to yeah, buy but, cool shit. I want to buy blu But, hey, you had an advantage so, over Mike recently, at least. <laughs> You could actually watch One Punch Man when he couldn't. Yes, like a rarity. Like we actually yeah. have an advantage because you have to go for a Hulu subscription because everyone's Ugh. clamoring for that Hulu subscription. Yeah, and everyone then you can watch it where to, in the UK? Everyone wants to go on and get that Hulu subscription. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got, yeah. Hey, well, girl, that's, I've got a Hulu subscription. That's oh. honestly why I've been uh, pretty happy that there are some of my favorite series uh, that are getting like, stateside releases of a lot of their official merchandise like konosuba has uh the light novel spinoff with megamine and union uh that's getting officially published by i think young press um, oh wow so i'm going to absolutely buy that i bought their light novels and english mangas and you, same with Eurocamp. uh they're also releasing like the official nendos oh yeah the that manga is coming out 
Yeah, I got the Nadeshko Nendroid at Anime oh, Boston. Oh, I was her. super happy, yeah, because oh, they were awesome. sold out on AmiAmi, and I saw it, I'm like, oh, I need to get it. <laughs> Do you have Rin, or were you able to see No, I don't have Rin, Rin, but I did pre-order the scale figure of Nadeshko, the one with the, like, the actual little lantern in her hand that lights up. Oh, cool. So that'll be coming out next February. Nice. I'm excited for that. Got yeah. off top. Yep. But, yeah, well, I mean, it's like, like, I would support, like, I clearly, like, I want to, like, buy things from Zombieland Saga that have like Zombieland Saga things on them. But Japan, come on. Yeah. That that is that is going to be like one of my main things and what I am like trying to like just oh, put yeah. aside money for. It's like I, I am buying merchandise. My I, friend has already filled up two suitcases oh, in Japan of just stuff. And so he's gonna have to buy a oh, third. I just, I just <laughs> actually speaking of buying stuff, I uh there was some one piece t shirts on Crunchyroll. I was like, oh I'd like to buy some. And uh, they're like twenty dollars each, so I was like, oh, "Okay, that's not too bad." I mean, that's pricey, but it's okay for a t-shirt. For a t-shirt. Yeah, so it's like, a branded yeah, t-shirt. I'll, yeah. I'll buy one. And then it was like, "Oh, you can save a bit of money if you buy two. I was like, um, "Maybe I'll buy two. And then the shipping <laughs> was just like thirty-five dollars, and it's like, <laughs> "That's fucking." Oh yeah, stupid. yeah, because it's international. Yeah, yeah, it's just like so. Okay, now I'm not going to buy it because that's thirty-five dollars for <laughs> well, shipping. Well, because it's all being shipped out from California. Yeah, which is where Crunchyroll is. Yeah, but thirty-five fucking dollars. Like that's more expensive. That's more than the Sorry, Harry, that's, that's I can't nearly, sympathize. That's nearly with the, the price of shipping. two t-shirts. To a my end. buying. Like, <laughs> actually, it's really interesting because uh, there was like a really nice jacket uh, that I had found online. Uh, I was going to get it, and then I saw it, it came from Australia. So I had to pay like $25. It's mm. like, oh, oh, I really want mm-hmm. this. Yeah, and there was like, a. Sorry, go. Ridiculous. Yeah. There no, was it's just pe- ridiculous how much shipping goes. There was a pea cut one time I was ordering for a cosplay that I was making, and it was coming mm. from China. And so, yeah, that cost. The P code itself was seventy dollars, and the shipping was like forty. So, cool. yeah, it was not fun, but I needed it for my costume, and I, that was <laughs> that was the closest resembling one to what I needed. <laughs> oh, wait. but yeah. yeah so anyways, Blu-rays. back What's to back two? to Blu-rays. Blu-rays. Yeah, and beyond that, you guys are never gonna guess. So, number one is not anime. It's Ralph breaks the internet. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite anime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two is uh, a new Blu-ray collection for Sailor Moon Super S. It got like a, a remaster, un- sort of. Unsurprising. Yeah. Uh, that's a new release of the, that came out that week. Uh, number four, it's Suterne, which is the archery anime done by Kyo Annie, which I didn't know was popular. Archery I, anime. I, I watched a few episodes and I was kind of underwhelmed. It was kind of boring. I stopped <sighs> watching after a while. Shoot. All right. Uh, number eight is Liz and the Bluebird movie, which saw a release that week. And so I'm happy to see that doing well, because that is a fan fucking tastic movie, especially if you've seen Hibiki Euphonium. It is so good. It like it's such a tender representation of a a tenuous friendship between two characters. And it's handled so well. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. The swapping between the two art styles. So what? I know that's getting a, I called? know that's getting official Liz and the Bluebird. Lizard. I know that's getting released in the U.S. You can buy that. I don't know about the U.K. I'm sorry, Harry. Uh, okay, it's okay. <laughs> but if you can watch it, please watch it. It's a very good movie. Uh, but yes, that's that's everything that matters for the Blu-rays, and that wraps up this week's lightning news roundup. Sick. Right. I like how it's called lightning news roundup, and it's like one of the longest sections of our show. But I enjoy. There was a lot of cool stuff it's to good. cover There's from a lot of really cool shooting plastic good. models into space, mm-hmm. Blu-rays, and J-pop drama. Good stuff. <laughs> so mm-hmm. our next topic 
Kyle, you wanted to talk about something. So you've recently started an organization called Free Vapidos, and you wanted to talk about it. Um, no, <laughs> you wanted to talk it, about it. It's not called uh, Free Vapidos or Pedos, as we say here in the States. Um, we, we refer to them as uh, Great Ones. So I'll, I, I have started up an organization called Free the Great Ones, oh, okay. called FGO. Haha. <laughs> But um, that, that was me. That was me making like 500 tangential jumps to get to that joke. Um, no, I want to talk about waifus. Okay, no, yeah, I want to talk about waifus specifically because I was convinced by some people and reinforced by Matt to pick up the gotcha game uh, Fate Grand Order. Which, by the way, I did not do any convincing whatsoever. No, I but he 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 enabled me. <laughs> I, he has I, been I telling me that. tips. Giving me advice and telling me when and how to invest my time, I which is what it. I've been following. <laughs> so over the past couple of weeks, I have been grinding for virtual 2D waifus. So that's great that I can say that in confidence. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because like I had avoided it for so long, precisely because you know it like it, it is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a virtual waifu collector. I remember how much I like the storytelling. I remember how much I like the world building. It, it is, it is admittedly very cheesy, but if you embrace that aspect about it, it's a lot of fun. And I have learned how to do that again, but I would be lying if I, you know, tried to deny that waifus were a large part of that. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that up front. Cause like I found some cute anime girls and I'm like, okay, Sure. I, I'll, I'll lose my dignity over this. I'm glad you found a way to express yourself and to come clean. Anyways. <laughs> so, so, that so was, let's go, that let's go deep into meanings then. So, so like, what is the appeal of that kind of thing? Like, that sounds, like, that sounds judgmental. Let me it's, rephrase well, that. Like, it, <laughs> that's a very harsh You know what? If you were, Harry, I absolutely we wouldn't would, blame you. We, we would totally understand. No, like, like, I have no job. qualms about like, that. I want, but I want to understand things more. Um, so I'm going to play the... the uh, I'm going to play it's, the it's, it's, honestly, um, honestly, it's so weird because growing up, this is, it, at least for like, I, I'd say uh, anime fans around like mine and Matt's age, um, where when we were growing up, like these were things you kind of found on your own. Like the internet was around, but we didn't really have like ready streaming access to a lot of stuff. Like I distinctly remember, like when I first started getting into anime, it was like, okay, I will watch some like Dragon Ball stuff, and I'm like, oh, there's some like really cool designs. Like, oh, these girls are pretty cute. And then you get older and you realize, hang on, there's like a whole bunch of genres that are just entirely about cute girls. And even like the ones with action have like cute girls in them. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is just a thing. And then you start talking about it with other people and then it just becomes like a thing. And I, I think a large part of the appeal is that like, it, it's a cultural meme between a lot of people. Um, but it's one that is like both simultaneously ridiculed by the people that like it and still enjoyed legitimately and very seriously. Mm. And what's, what's interesting to me is that I'm still not even sure how the term waifu and I, I, I was thinking came about up because too. I've never once heard a Japanese person <laughs> say either of those words. 
It seems hilarious. And so it's entirely a an English speaking term. Just like a weeb mm-hmm. isn't. I yeah, still don't exactly. know where Weibo came from. So either. Weibo I don't know where came that, from yeah. an old web comic. Um, it was like from 2003 or something, and it was just like it was like one of those non sequitur comments mm-hmm. um, or comics where it was like this cartoon of a guy with like a Weibo shirt, and then people like started beating him up. And then what, what's think, a Weibo shirt though? Like out of no, it, it said the word. It, no, it had the word right. Exactly, it's just a nonsense word. Okay, but then um, I, if I remember how the comic went, or like the, the like growth of it is like people on 4chan got a hold of it and then started using that like pretty synonymously with anime fans. <laughs> that's so. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just a testament to the internet, right there. How this uh-huh. the most insignificant mm-hmm. thing. Just snowballed into something. That's Here we are, now. nearly two decades later, and the term "weeb" is like a like as popular as "waifu," and like they're very specific terms for very specific niche subcultures. Right. Here's, okay, so here's what I want to ask about waifus. Then, okay, let's try and think about the okay very small television series that not many people have heard of called Game of Thrones. It's quite small. Um, okay, so like, let's say there's like a heterosexual woman watching Game of Thrones and she's like, oh, Jon Snow, I would. You know what I mean? I have that <laughs> penis in me. And then let's say there's a heterosexual man. Oh, Daenerys Targaryen, yes, please. Like, whatever. There's people with crushes on actors within a popular television show. Mm-hmm. Why is it that in certain anime communities, their crushes on 2D fictional girls go to an obsession of like, take your fucking fedora off and chill out, mate. Like, why does it go to an obsession that's perhaps a bit too extreme? Um, I, I honestly, I think that's a large part of how different demographics within the anime subculture crossover. Yeah. And what's, what um, creates those demographics? So with something like um, anime, really, uh, it's, it is definitely becoming far more mainstream, right? Uh, but it's still a little like off the beaten path in terms of like media consumed by the public. Um, and especially here in the West, right. Where it's like, if you think about like, I'm, I'm still honestly surprised and amazed that anime, like compared to when I was like eight or just like growing up as a kid, it has like ballooned into a far bigger presence in American pop culture than I ever expected it to. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, But a large part of that for a long time, anime was a very, like it it was the kind of thing that you kind of had to be like a shut in nerd to know about because really, because no, like Funimation was still around and there were like definitely game publishers, but it wasn't like as widespread um, as it is like now there's not, there was not nearly as much like, you, money you pumped couldn't into really the feasibly stumble upon it in everyday life. Yeah, you had, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what that meant was like there were a lot of those kinds of like basement dweller personalities that latched onto it, like yeah. pretty anime girl. Yeah, uh, and people and that's where it gets people like take it to some of the negative stereotypes. Like they disconnect with real life girls, and they disconnect of being able to actually form meaningful relationships because they just need to spunk on their body pillow again. And uh, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not denying it's, that that like doesn't happen because I, I'm sure it does. 
But I would wager there is a just as many people, if not more, like Matt and myself, who are normal, exactly. like high-functioning yeah. human high-functioning. beings yeah. and productive members <laughs> of society, but we can enjoy like a, a short little blonde yeah. girl. I, I'm, so, I'm, yeah, I'm highlighting the negative side. Obviously, like there's nothing <laughs> wrong with like any having like I kind of a sort of crush on any character in anything, whether that character is like real life or not. It doesn't fucking matter as long as you can yeah. still function in society. Mm-hmm. and view yeah. other people be it men or women positively yeah but that's, but it's, that, that's it's what it is right go down like, that kind of fucking weird rabbit like hole completely of, buy into it sure like, but there is definitely a culture that just like jokes around with it yeah and, and like, so yeah uh going back to that game of throws comparison this is the interesting part so yeah the people like kyle and i that joke around about wife who's a husband those don't joke about around about sinjo Gahara, though i will come for you uh if you so uh, say we, <laughs> if you um so you're talking about the latest anime show and you're just like oh yeah x is my waifu she's great and blah blah but then you go to game of thrones like harry's ta- saying about would you describe daenerys as a waifu or anything like okay so in th- terms of that is, is there is there one though is there is, like is an there equivalent, equivalent term phenomenon right. i actually want to say before we continue if game of thrones does come into discussion no spoilers i've i've, oh, I, I, I've seen it i'm all caught yeah. up it's fine but i just mean for other people i don't watch it at all i, so don't, I can't spoil I it dropped off like three seasons ago Oh, okay. Oh, so fine. i'm fine well i i um, know everything but i'm not gonna say a word <laughs> yeah i i mean okay so like are are is there media in the west where people will openly talk about like, oh man, I had a crush on that character. I guess, right? I, maybe kind of with Harry Potter and like and those young adult kinds of Marvel series nowadays. And I, I, well, yes, but that's typically something. So if you think about it, that's typically something you see from like a largely female demographic. Like you see a lot of shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's from like the others. Well, not the, I say the other side, but I primarily <laughs> mean like. Yeah, or it's like it's primarily a female demographic that talks about like characters in that way. You don't really see that with the male side of like fan demographics. That's true. Yeah, I, I feel like like I don't know. That, that said, I think uh, Amelia Clark was voted like the most desirable woman in some sort of man's magazine. I read like, which would mean that like, I think men are kind of like really fucking taken with that side of things uh, yeah but okay but but, like, but 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 are the people who like like poll who polled yes to that like are they i guess in the same wavelength as somebody who has a waifu uh <laughs> and like there's it's hard to like kind of pinpoint in western culture i i mean this okay this is the interesting thing because like there can be people who obviously like um like their crushes are confined to like celebrities or real life women, but they have the most fucking toxic warped view of women and it's messed up. And it's that kind of, I think it's that kind of like toxic masculinity, alpha male kind of bullshit where you've got a really warped view of, of like gender norms and relationships and romance and sex and whatever it might be. So like men can be really fucking toxic and be completely removed from like fucking geeky waifu fedora wearing worlds um but then you can get the other end where you can get that world but it's very geeky and it can be equally toxic but just in a very different way 
So I think like that kind of toxicity can exist in all different aspects. But I think at the same time, um, you can be people who do fall in love and find enjoyment in like having crushes on characters, but still be totally normal and totally chill and understand and yeah. take it for what it is. So it's just a fucking at, So at least from character. like the Yeah, so like at least from like the media side of things, um, I think a large part of what like creates that phenomenon, right, is like wish fulfillment. It's like, okay, there's just a cute girl. Um, or even just like l- liking that d- like aesthetic or design about characters um, and just liking cute things. So there were like a bunch of shows over the past uh, like decade or so um, that were a little more, I guess, centralized narratives that had more established characters. Um, so I guess if you looked at those and compared it to something like anime, you could say like, oh, yeah, I had like, I, I guess a crush or like, I really liked the design of this female character in something like in like Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender, there's stuff like that. Um, or Ruby. Ruby is like an entire like show built around waifus. Um, but even then, that's like a, a Japanese, it's, it's still trying to be a, like an anime, which is the interesting part of that, even though it's made completely by like Western creators. Yeah. It's like, it's, I guess the concept of a waifu is, has just like at this point been transplanted from Japanese pop culture into the West. Right. And yeah. it's interesting because there's no real equivalent to it in mm-hmm. a Western media's point of view. Like there's, if you, yeah, the, the closest thing you could say is like, I have a crush on that actor slash actress. But even then that doesn't get across the same meaning when someone says it's like Rem is my waifu, Sendra Gahara is my waifu, Holo is my waifu, things jokingly or not, it's not mm-hmm. quite the same uh magnitude. Did you just say there's something quite funny like Sandra Bullock is my waifu? Just I don't know. Right, exactly. So that sentence just makes me laugh. <laughs> exactly. No one whether you're serious about that or not, no one would take you seriously about that. Just using the term so, waifu in that context is just yeah. stupid. <laughs> and so it's it's interesting how there's no real equivalent to it mm. when talking about Western media. Mm-hmm. And it's well, something that Japan I never really too, thought about. J- Japan has like the like such a huge, like the, the entire idol industry mm-hmm. is like an industry fueled by real life waifus. Right. Um, so that thing has like... like the, the whole the whole concept of a waifu, like jokingly or otherwise, like just in concept, has been around for a long time at this point. Um, and like the whole concept of moe, like the the fact mm-hmm. that try describing moe to someone that doesn't oh my watch god, anime. oh my, it's so, impossible. I think I shared it like a long once a long time ago, but there was an article about like the JSDF like showing off like helicopters on like an aircraft carrier that they had. And all of the helicopters had fucking like anthropomorphized versions of the helicopters <laughs> printed on the sides. <laughs> so you had like Apache Tom and just, it's just like Concole. And yep. it's like, it blew my mind that like, this is a, this is the nation's military <laughs> and they are actively endorsing cute anime girls. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. I'll take it. I think um, it is like, I really like how in Japan they, they are just more, they'll just embrace like weirdness like that. And they'll just embrace- I don't know if they'll embrace it so much as they'll like 
allow it. Yeah. I guess that really wasn't recently. how trend-orientated, like, American pop culture is by comparison. I'll use America as an example because that's kind of like the epicenter of Western pop culture. Um, but, you know, it just all seems to gravitate around fucking, like, um, mumble rap and Jake Paul and Kardashians <laughs> and whatever lit trend is popping right now. And at I feel at like least it, in terms of I mean, like, I guess that's still, that's still going to be the case in Japan, coverage, but I just feel like yeah. there's a bit more like variety and a bit more freedom of expression, a bit more like, uh, I don't know, just liking stuff that isn't fucking based on this perception of you have to like this or else you'll be lame, which I feel like is kind of the whole nature of things in America. It's like, oh, you're not fucking hop into Jake Paul's new lit beat bitch like, I don't know how, how but, I don't know how people speak now I don't know how fucking mean people well speak, again but, like I think but, like, like a large part of it is like how much of that is like just publicly exposed like you can't walk down a street and have like like I'm still getting used to sometimes like seeing video game ads in public video game, which video game is books, like sorry. a weird it still feels like a weird phenomenon um, to, to like see ads for video games oh, yeah, yeah. on like along the highway or like in like giant posters around the city. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is geek then, culture. It's just geek, then, geek culture is a lot stronger. It's interesting because like it's taken that long for it to become mainstream yet. Like objectively speaking, it is the most lucrative um, avenue of entertainment. Video games, are. Mm-hmm. like more so than movies and games, I, no, movies and music even. Um, I think, I, I mean, my, my, Reference for that is a stand-up act from Dara O'Brien, where you mentioned that. So that's not a great fucking reference, but that's an Irish comedian, Dara O'Brien. And that's my reference. So I might be wrong, but even <laughs> if it's not true, I'm pretty sure video games are a massive fucking industry of a lot of money. So it's weird. It, yeah, like, but it, it makes it's sense like the, the, adverts, the, the baseline, it, like the status quo for like, I guess, how society presents geek culture in the West compared to Japan is very different. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's it. Like the fact that video games are still kind of like people turn their nose up like, Oh, you play video games. That's a bit weird. And it's like, how is it weird? It's like one of those popular things is so fucking popular. Whereas in Japan, I feel like that would just be embraced by like everyone, regardless of age or gender or whatever. And I think that's the thing. There's a lot of, uh, force on people to, to do certain things in America to be cool to fit in and a lot of people fake their personality and fake who they are because they want to click with like the commercial type of music and <clears throat> the commercial type of entertainment um, and that's really sad in my opinion because like I'd much more respect someone who's just like I've got a fucking weird taste in music and a weird taste in movies or whatever but they're just true to my waifus. Weird taste in waifus. <laughs> but they're just like yeah. genuine to themselves. And it's like, I think that's so much more. Um, yeah. Like me, like I, I fucking love dubstep and no one I know likes it. And, and that's fine. But the point is like, I could just be like, oh, fuck that because everyone else hates it. But it's like, no, because I legitimately fucking love the production in it. And I think music production wise, it's incredible. I yeah, know. so that's really all it boils down to is like again, like like we, like, like I've stated before, is like with Matt, like people like Matt and myself, it's like okay, we, we just enjoy this, but we're not gonna like go around like wearing Ahegao shirts or anything like that. Yeah, I saw at least five of those at AB. Oh <laughs> my god, 
that's, that's a story for another time. All right. But, but, but it's cool, yeah, it's cool it's that just, you guys can oh. just be like, yeah, I just enjoy that. And you can just be open about that. And you can talk about it on a podcast. Well, and declare it to I, the world mm, in podcast. Yes, yes, I can. Which is, well, which is like, I, a lot of people would be like, oh, I, I don't like that because they're worried that people are going to judge them. And I just think there's something very respectable about just being open and saying, I like this. Even I mean, I definitely have like buttons on my bag. Like I've got a little Hatsune Miku keychain on my bag, but that's like relatively small. And like, I thought you said back as in like your B-A-C-K. Yeah. I I just got her attached to my bag. (laughs) She goes everywhere with me, but yeah, no, I just got like a few small things here and there. And I'm not going to like hide the fact that I like like cute anime girls. Mm. Right. But I, I definitely feel like I, I don't know if I'd ever even be as like forward with it as like other people would. I guess the reason being though is because when you are too forward, you just remind people of the cringy. <laughs> How weird it is. They're really cringy. But like it's because like it is it's only weird because other people have made it weird. Oh uh, yeah, just obsess over it. So there, there are certain associations that go along with but I just like I just like cute anime girls. Yeah. Cute anime girls are good. We we can all enjoy that. Everyone can. But yeah. Anyways, um, next topic. What is the next topic? It is what old shows should slash could be remade. Okay. Um, that's a very rigid transition into uh, this next topic, but I'll <laughs> go with it. Uh, so yeah, we were like old shows. We were like old vintage stuff. Um, and what do you think now could be remade in this era of remakes? This era of um, you you have a show. <laughs> Uh, so obviously, was it a fruits basket that's recently been like redone and remade? Right, right. So I I proposed this topic. It was implement. It was it came up because of the fruits basket remake. That's what I yeah. think about it. But also in parallel to the video game industry, which is in this point in time currently, where it's having remakes and remasters of old games constantly, and people kind of roll their eyes at it. They're kind of a lot of people are exhausted about it. They wish they could be a little more original and also sequels as well. It's not a whole lot of new IPs. And I realized that that doesn't really apply much to the anime industry. And contrary, in fact, I, I want more remakes and uh, yeah, remakes of old shows, especially in light of the Fruits Basket remake, because of the remakes we already have, a lot of them are shown in shows, such as the Hunter x Hunter remake uh, God forbid the Berserk remake. Oh. Like those are the two prominent oh, wait, ones. remake. Berserk, uh, I remake. Think that's yeah. a is a continuation of Berserk, isn't it? But if they just completely no, no, no. It's not a continuation. Oh, it it was they started over, yeah, and it it's not good. Yeah. Anyways, it's just uh, oh wait, wait, wait. Hang on. It didn't 3D. continue. It completely like restarted like through the Golden Arc. That was my understanding, but maybe not. Why? I I thought I, I only watched the first two episodes of that show before I'm like, I it's all been redone in 3D, isn't it? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's the notoriously bad CG. Um, Anyways, my point is a lot of the remakes of shows we do have are shown in shows. One exception is Kino's journey from a few seasons ago, but even then had like a pseudo seinen, pseudo shonen flair to it at some points. And so fruits basket is this anomaly where it's a remake of a shoujo. Like the shoujoist of shoujos you could possibly get. And it's wonderful. It's amazing how well all of the early 2000s comedy and concepts still translate over to mm. modern day. It still holds up so well. 
And so it got me thinking what other kind of older shows that I really enjoy that aren't shown in would I really want to be seen remade. And the one that came to mind was Higurashi ni Nakukoro ni, which translates to When the Cicadas Cry. Uh, I'm not sure if either of you have seen oh, or Higura- heard of that. Higurashi? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never it? watched the uh, anime. I played the visual novel. Oh, okay. All, all of the visual novel? Not all of it. I okay. it was dude. It was like super depressing. Right. It's a very <laughs> it, dark. It's very and, draining. And I was also yeah. playing uh, Sayano Uda at the same time. Oh man. So I yeah, finished that one first, combo. and that one like kind of wrecked me. Along with Clanad, that was like the first. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a reason I did not finish Higurashi. Yeah, it's a very draining, stressful visual novel, and the anime is very similar. So the anime, which I adore to pieces, (laughs) I love the anime with a massive, massive caveat. So the anime is 50 episodes, 5-0, split into two seasons, um, 25 episodes each. The first season is literally called The Questions Arc. The second season is literally (laughs) called The Answers Arc. And... It, that that's true because the first season it's all questions it's just questions 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 and at the very very end of the very last episode of the first season you finally get like a hint of an answer to one of the big questions and then the second season starts it's just like bam 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 bam, bam. and to this day Higurashi still has one no not one of the most satisfying ending of anime period for me because mm. the problem is though it's such a slog to get there because of the first season. The, pro- the second problem is, though, if it wasn't for the first season, that ending wouldn't have feel earned mm. because everything right. the characters had to do to get to that point, it felt like so it was necessary. it's almost been done in an intentionally experimental way. This, this, right, and so yeah. if it was remade today, I wonder if there was a way to possibly abbreviate that first season to where they could still retain all of the important aspects of it, all the things that make the payoff a payoff mm-hmm. while getting to the things that um, keep the viewers invested uh, much faster. Because I don't blame anyone whatsoever if they drop Higurashi in the first season because it is such a slog. Well, and here's a question. What the fuck factors doesn't keep you in, then yeah. Here, here's a question that's important mm-hmm. for that is like, is there any fluff or is there anything that can be trimmed in the way the anime adapted? That's the thing. So I haven't seen, I rewatched the Higurashi about three and a half years ago. Even then it's still the first like season is still kind of fuzzy to me, but Mm. um, the first season is still split into like four to five episode arcs. And I would argue the light and the heavy aspects of all those arcs are still important because the light aspects of the arc, they highlight the bonds the strong bonds of friendship the main right. characters have between yeah. each other and the dark parts of the arcs like that shows how <laughs> fucked up the story is. And that's definitely necessary. So I, I don't know what you would do. And I'd be, be really interested. Interesting. In someone yeah. Cause I can't recall of like, well, especially cause like it, it's adapting a visual novel. And the thing right. about that is like, usually what will happen is because visual novels are so freaking long mm-hmm. is there's a lot of stuff that gets trimmed out. So for example, um, Steins Gate, so mm-hmm. one of the things that um, I found out from uh, a friend of mine who got into Steinsgate only watching the anime was that he felt like the he, he, he kind of wanted more like downtime because mm-hmm. um, it felt like things were just you know con- like constantly happening right um, and it felt like all of the side stuff like like 
like the slice of life stuff with Ferris and Luca were just kind of like there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the visual novel, like they are their own characters and they have their own arcs. Right. And like, there's a pretty satisfying character driven depth to how Okabe interacts with them and how that relates to the main story. So yeah, with something like Higurashi, it, like from the sounds of it, you kind of like, need 50 episodes to properly transpose the story in a visual novel. Right. And, and the thing, the tricky thing is too, unlike Steins Gate, Higurashi is a kinetic novel. Uh, it's only one route and there are, mm-hmm. there are kind of choices in it, but the choices don't matter. It's just like slightly different dialogue options. Right, right, right. And so it's all there. <laughs> it's not like they can just choose to animate one route and not the other. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly. all the same story. So it makes it, I, I love Higurashi so much. I want more people <laughs> to experience that ending because it is such an emotionally powerful ending. And it was so inspiring to me back in high school, the very first time I watched it. But, and it was still inspiring to me when I rewatched it again in, uh, in college. Oh but do you um, really think if, if it could be a, remade in a way that was more balanced tonally and in terms of its entertainment mm-hmm. value, but still nail that ending, do you think that would be um, ideal? Oh, absolutely. That would be the ideal outcome. It, the problem is I don't know how? how you would accomplish that. And I would love, love, love to see someone try to tackle on with the, I would be terrified though, in more ways than the show terrifies you already that they would ruin it because it is such a beautiful ending as is. And right. it's such a balancing act. It's so hard yeah. to get done. Kyle, yeah. any, what, what like old shows do you think would be cool if they were remade? Um, yeah, so for old shows, um, I guess a little bit older than Hirashi, um, I kind of said this at the beginning of the segment, but I'd really like to see Yu Yu Hakusho get redone. Um, or barring that, because I also kind of have the same problems with Bleach, where in both Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach, the first couple arcs are like the most interesting parts of the series. Right. And then it devolves into Spirit DBZ for both of them which is kind of not fun to watch Mm -hmm. it's cool for the fights but everything else is like kind of mind-numbingly boring um so i would really like lynched for that by some people uh, you know what bring it bring it like aside from the chaguro fight it may be chu and a few others like the dark tournament are can suck my suck me they can suck me (laughs) all right um, just suck your belly button. Just, just, yeah, just right there in the belly button. Just all the lint in there. Just clean it out for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I would really like... And apparently, um, what I had learned uh, when looking into it, too, is that Tagashi, uh, the author behind Yu Yu Hakusho, was under a lot of pressure from his editors, um, and there was a lot of executive meddling. So if you compare like how the story progresses in Yu Yu Hakusho to how it's done in Hunter x Hunter, there is mm. a, a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like the series is trying to like be something that it's not, or at least like rush getting there. Uh, so yes, I would really like to see something like Yu Yu Hakusho get redone, especially because God, I was rewatching it recently. Uh, the dubs are very dated. They're charming, <laughs> but good lord, they're dated. <laughs> as is the animation. Oh, I cannot. What, yeah. It's there's just so. And this was really like a symptom of the anime industry at the time, right? At least for right, shown in exactly. popular shows where it's like, here, get ready to see the same like 10 seconds of footage replayed like every other minute. 
like, yeah, and it was just a symptom of manga adaptations at the time too, of just kind of uh, deviating from the source material and uh, the original creators not having a whole lot of creative say in how the anime was going to go. Because I know Fruits Basket, they took a lot of creative liberties and it didn't even finish the story. Uh, Sailor really? Moon is like a super, yeah, the original Fruits Basket anime did not finish the story. It stopped like at a crucial point too. So this remake is going to go through, finish it all. Sailor Moon is a really famous example of it being completely and utterly different from the manga series. The manga series was not a Monster of the Week series at all. Oh. Um, very different story. So that's a famous example of that. Uh, you Hakusho to a lesser extent. I think Rurouni Kenshin is one of the f- few exceptions where it followed pretty closely. Uh, it's a relatively FMA. short story. Right. And then there's FMA, yeah. of course, but that's because mm-hmm. they ran out of manga. That's not their fault. And they did go back with Brotherhood and Faithfully yeah, Adapted. They've... That's another technically remake is Brotherhood, and that's a shonen. Yeah. But so yeah, yeah. that's a symptom of the time. What would I think be interesting, and this is an odd pick. Okay, I've, I've never seen this show, but what I find interesting about this is it's one of the most iconic, popular anime series, and it, it has an absurd amount of filler, and that's Naruto which I've never seen. And obviously it's, it's the most famous show and the most overrated show. And if you like, but at the end of the day, it's weird to me, but it's so popular. It's so famous, but it's just plagued with so much filler. And it seems mm-hmm. weird when you, when you think of something that's that popular and that famous, you just assume it's like pristine quality and it's really consistent and it's infamous you for know- being the opposite of that. Yeah, you know, I've kind of thought about that sometimes, right? Where it's like, okay, I was on board with Naruto, like, for a few volumes when I was a lot younger. I, like, blinked, and then suddenly there's, like, three different series out. So it's like, oh, I guess I'm just never, like, getting into this again because I don't have, like, nearly enough time to, like, devote Mm -hmm. to it. So it's like, I have kind of given up hope. Even though I really enjoyed One Piece, I have kind of given up hope of, like, catching up with it. Like ever, yeah. Because it's in like the high hundreds. Oh yeah, of so I, manga vault, manga I'm chapter. St- I'm still watching. I'm still thousand. watching One Piece by the way, and I'm on like uh, nearly on episode eight hundred. So oh my god, I'm I'm, I'm get on the whole Cake Island arc now. So I'm I'm well into. Yeah, it. and it's like it, it's yeah. cool that there are series that are that long, but it's like could these so, get like parsed so Harry, down? Going back to you, you want a remake of Naruto then? Or? What it more so is, I've never seen it. So like, yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've. Mm-hmm. I've not got any opinions either way. The reason I think it should be remade though is because it's something that so many people love. And I feel like for those people, mm-hmm. they deserve an iteration of that series that isn't plagued by filler. So mm-hmm. it, mine is a, a charitable donation, if you like, to people other than myself. <laughs> because I, I know yeah, it's that- so popular and it's something that so many people love. And I think it's almost quite sad that the version they have of that thing, over half of it is filler. Over half of it isn't actually quality manga mm. material yeah and i th- and the complicating sorry no, i was just gonna say that like, those fans who are so passionate about it deserve an iteration of that where it's i don't know however much it needs to be 300 episodes it might still be long mm. but it's all canon manga material mm-hmm. yeah the complicating factor with that is that boruto exists right now and yeah. so that's where all the focus is currently i don't think that because that would definitely cannibalize the two series if they were to be out at the same time and Boruto is not going what, what I'm wondering is like are, like it, it's obviously still got like enough of a fan base to sustain itself but where is it getting all of these people from are people still like jumping into because Naruto? it's still like, it's still a gateway anime it's still the gateway drug for a lot of weeboos out there going back to original topic <laughs> and 
for like, Naruto, the same like, reason SAO people is so stupidly popular. It's a gateway anime, and it's people hear so about it in normal it. conversation. But there's so much of it. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Have you heard of a hyperbolic time chamber? Oh my god! That we all entered when we got into anime. <laughs> but it's like if that's like, oh, I guess yeah. If like people, like kids are like 13, like I'm gonna read Naruto, and then for like the next 10 years, that's. You know, they're caught up. This sure. is why I feel very happy that we have a show like My Hero Academia, which in my eyes is the perfect gateway anime, but isn't overly long. It, it's, I mean, but it could be. It could it, get long. But, but even I, then, it, it, we, is, it is what, like, a show. So far, we've got 63 episodes, and I think two of them were filler. So, like, mm-hmm. so far, it's had a fantastic track record. And I don't think it's the sort of show that would suddenly be like, okay, here's 10 filler episodes in a row. If it did do that, I'd be absolutely devastated. Yeah, okay, but but even without filler, um, like you have to think about it realistically, and like they they give you an endpoint when the series starts. It's like Deku gives you that whole line where he's like, "Oh, this is how I became the greatest hero." Yeah, uh, and it's like, okay, when is that going to be? Is that going to be like in five years, or is that that is like however long the journey mm. that Horikoshi wants that to be? Yeah. So that could like feasibly be several hundred chapters. Yeah, because Naruto at one point it was only fifty episodes, but then it went on and on and on. So my hero, mm. and yeah, like you said, my hero doesn't have filler, but it could easily have two hundred plus episodes and not filler, and that's mm-hmm. still like a tall wall to climb when someone's oh, facing definitely. it to look at. But it. even but, yeah. then, if you're comparing, like you've got like okay, let's say you've got My Hero Academia, it's two hundred episodes. You're comparing that to Naruto, which has the original series is like, I don't know, 400 or 500 episodes or something. Then there's Naruto Shippuden, no yeah. which is like a similar length. Like, I think if you took Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, I think it's even longer than One Piece. I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm sketchy on all these facts, so like, I'm not 100%. But it's crazy fucking long. But you know that well over half of that is filler as well. Whereas even if My Hero Academia was 200 mm. episodes you'd be thinking by the end, well, 170 of them for 180 of them are all canon. So the vast majority of them are like canon. It's only a little bit of filler. So like, even though that's long, you'd still feel like it's a tall water climb. Has there been a shonen that's come out that's been like that long, but has still had a tight narrative? The, the only one has been Hunter Hunter, where that was um, 140-something episodes. I think there were like two recap episodes in there. Also, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's another one. With, with, yeah. That doesn't have filler. Um, there, are, there are some shonen shows that are just plot, and it's fantastic. And I really, really enjoy that. If there's a shonen that's like well-written and doesn't have filler, it's usually really fucking entertaining and really fun. Um, it's a shame that some of them, though, are just so heavily plagued by filler. And it really mm-hmm. spoils it. Yeah. And it, it takes otherwise fantastically well-written narratives. I think Shonen gets shot on a lot because it's so like mainstream in many ways, but like it's, it is, there's some stuff that's fucking really well-written, but it just gets spoiled by yeah. filler. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I always feel happy when I see a yeah. show like My Hero Academia, which is extremely light on filler and it just mm-hmm. nails it. So yeah, more of that. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. it's all, yeah. uh, bef- sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, finished, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, if shows like Naruto, which are really popular, but plagued by filler, could be remade without that filler now that it's all over, I think that'd be really cool for the state of shonen mm-hmm. as a genre. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, though, uh, what show that you have watched 
would you want to be see remade? Oh, um, hmm. fuck, I don't know. <laughs> you already gave your answer, Kyle. <laughs> uh, wait, which one? You said Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, you, well, yeah. Have you not seen Yu Yu Hakusho? You just threw it. No, you did. Oh, no, I have. I have. Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, I'm asked because Naruto is a show that Harry is not. Oh, that's true. That, that's why you asked that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. That is the answer I thought of. Uh, I'm struggling to think of another one now. I'm going to cheat again. I'm going to give an odd answer. I'm, I'm going to do something totally different. That's fine. Uh, we mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. And season... Okay, completely weird fucking answer, but I'm going to go with it. Mm-hmm. So season eight, I feel like I'm one of a few people who is having a fun time with it. And I don't really care where it goes. It's, it's just a bit of fun. A lot of fans have been very annoyed with it. Again, no spoilers here. No details mm-hmm. about stuff. But fans have been upset about certain character arcs and certain uh, ways in which things have gone. And there have been people like petitioning to say remake season eight. Right, I to saw those that. people, yeah. fuck off. Stop being so fucking petty and entitled. The show is what it is. Um, but obviously, we are going to look at a state where it's not going to just get remade by HBO. They're not going to do that. Um, but I do think it'd be very interesting if after George R. R. Martin finished all his books, if that ever happens, and he actually finished the story... <laughs> it was adapted into an animated series. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of... Oh, oh yeah. an anime. Or, or an, an I could see that happening. I, 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 could, I could see it. That could be yeah, really could interesting. Sure. If, if, if they made an iteration of, of Game of Thrones, but after all the books are done, so it's obviously completely canon. Um, and because, let's face it, it's not going to get remade in live action. That's not going to happen. But it could no. get remade. No in a completely different language and a completely different art form being I, or honestly i could like if they like get more money over the years i could feasibly see the castlevania studio taking it up yeah right i, was about to say, I could easily see uh netflix producing that That's or a, yeah. it wouldn't be netflix because it's owned by hbo i could see hbo producing that starting their own like animated i, th- so I yeah. think that could be really cool again i know it's, it's not exactly an old anime i'd like to be remade but yeah. it is something that I it's it's in topical. The same vein, yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to see that get remade as an anime. Uh, it would completely work for the fantasy and all the, yeah. the actual world of it. Um, I totally think that's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. And uh, yeah, that, they're my answers. That's what I think. <laughs> all right, I'll accept that one. Yes. Anyways, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Matt, who are you on Twitter? How do we find you? Who am I on Twitter? Is <laughs> at MusingMojak, M-U-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K. Uh, also on Goomba Stomp, we just posted our uh, seasonal viewers guide for the spring anime season. So if you're wondering about what to watch, you can head on over yes. there, take a look at what we recommend, don't recommend, or kind of meh about. Uh, everyone is required to watch Fruits Basket remake, though. That is undisputable. <laughs> and really? beyond that, what I want you to watch is Higurashi Ninakukoro ni when the cicadas cry. Please, 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 please try to get through the first season. The second season's really good, I promise. It's a really good ending. And maybe we'll get a remake that makes the first season not such a slog. Yes, so there are your anime recommendations. And Kyle, who are you on Twitter? I am like the rogue on Twitter. And uh, I guess for, for watching recommendations, what do I got? Matt, what do I got? Tell me what I got to recommend. Uh, you got the first two episodes that aren't that great of Fate Zero. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I guess I can kind of give like a half-hearted recommendation to getting into the Fate franchise. I, I like it. It's fun. It's fun. I like it. <laughs> Get into it. Woo. Anyways, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I am Harry underscore Morris underscore. And uh, a little while ago, I was watching Megalobox, which uh, was a lot of fun. And oh. yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think I've not finished fun. it yet, but I was enjoying that, and that's cool. Uh, I also rewatched Made in Abyss, and that is still oh. just as amazing. Um, yep, yep, that yep, is, yep, that's yep, something yep. I really, really, really want to second. I actually just—I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but I actually just watched that for the first time, like a couple months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Describe yeah. it in ten words or less. Um, <laughs> ch- right at the closing, I can allow child, you no more than ten. Ch- childhood <laughs> dreams get achieved through great personal torment. There you that's go. Good, yeah. I, I was that, that under words. 10 words? That was 10 words. I, exactly. I mean, I oh my God. Just, I really love right. series. It just kind of goes down a rabbit hole of progressively literally. more. Yeah, literally <laughs> of progressively more miserable. That, that episode broke me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, no, was, yep, that was yep, yep, rough. That episode. <laughs> that episode. It's uh, oh. I, I really, really want a second season. I think it's a pretty weird place because they're apparently doing a, a movie. I think it's the third movie yep. they've done. And that is a continuation. Yep. But obviously, I think people want a series. Oh, a I, I thought but, it yeah, also had like, the season two. Uh, the season two has been announced. Uh, we just don't oh, know. Oh, it. Okay, okay, yeah, so, it, so it is coming season. out. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah, I was worried they were yeah. just going to do like a movie and that was it. So, so they got the Euro I'm glad they actually want to do a series. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyways, mm-hmm. that's the episode. It's been good fun. Uh, thank you for tuning in and uh, see you next time. <laughs>